Hello, I am Dr. Jason Parker, and this is the Engaged and Athletic Leadership Podcast. This is the podcast designed to provide you with the tools and fuel you need to impact your world. Engaged leaders are intentional, and athletic leaders are skillful and trained to overcome any challenge. If that describes you or the leader you want to become, this podcast is for you. Welcome and enjoy the show. Well, hello, and welcome to the Engaged in Athletic podcast. In our topic today, I want to sit down and take a look at what's next with this whole COVID-19 thing uh, in our industry. I want to take a hard look forward and maybe even think the unthinkable. Uh, while it's easy return to normalcy might be right around the corner it's just as likely to assume that a new normal is here to stay. So with that being said, I'm happy to welcome the sage of the Southwest, as I like to call him, Mr. Gil Cloud. Gil has spent over 40 years in athletic administration, having spent time at both the high school and college levels. Uh, Not only does Gil have a wealth of relatable experience, but his humility and his empathy makes him a well-rounded leader who sees things from all angles. Mr. Cloud is currently the Executive Director of Secondary Schools, Student Activities and Athletics for Tulsa Public Schools, where he's been for eight years. He's been a three-time AD of the Year, Hall of Fame at Northeastern State University, Union, as well as at TPS. And his teams have brought home over 30 state championships. He currently leads 19 schools and over 3,200 student athletes. Gil, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. I was glad to be here this morning. Well, we're certainly happy to have you. You know, one of the things, as I mentioned to you earlier, that I always admire about you is, is, is your stories. You're, you're often able to, to look back and give us perspective that many of us that are, that are newer uh, to the industry just don't have. Um, and one other thing that's great about you is you, your stories are always concise. You know, you always you get these story guys that go off on on <laughs> tangents and stories last for 20 minutes. But your stories are always good. They're to the point and uh, we get a lot out of them. So with that being said, are there any past situations that that remind you anything of what we're going through now? Jason, this is obviously uh, a very unique time. Uh, I think uh, hopefully it'll be a once in a lifetime for all of our colleagues and and our student athletes and coaches, uh, parents, everybody involved with the kids, because it is uh, something that we lack knowledge in as to what can we do next because of what has occurred before. The problem, you know, that we have is that there's no cure at this particular point in time. So when a new case comes in of the, the Corona-19, you know, we're in, we're in trouble uh, for a period of time because we don't know uh, how it's going to affect those folks. Uh, you know, as I'd indicated to you earlier, uh, we, we've had a little outbreak uh, with uh, boys basketball this summer. Mm. And in, in, even to, to yesterday, including the coach. And right. so... Uh, we've suspended that operation, the off-season programs, and and uh, we had a summer league within the city that we were playing uh, until we get a 14-day quarantine for all those student-athletes that are involved. So 
to be uh, in this particular position at this time, uh, it's literally managing day by day uh, mm -hmm. because things change every day, as, as you know. And it's one of those things that uh, you have to draw on your experience. The, 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 the biggest thing at this point, Jason, that I'm looking at is we don't panic. Mm -hmm. uh, let, let's make sure that our decisions are well-grounded, that they uh, keep the student athlete in mind uh, and what our goal is. And of course, our goal is to get to the season. Mm -hmm. uh, if we can't get to the season, then we have really negated everything that we've done from a safety standpoint to this point. So uh, while everybody is very anxious to get started and we need to get these things going and so on, um, we need to be careful. Uh, mm -hmm. I've, I've told, as you know, a number of people, if you think losing the spring was devastating, right. you, you lose the fall and tell me how devastating that's going to be. Right. The, the other issue that we have as we move forward is how are we going to go back to school this year? Right. I think that that's going to be a critical because it's going to be a, a district by district decision. Exactly. And we have to, you know, obviously in Tulsa, we have to think about uh, 38,000 students and the effect it has on them. And we, and we got to think K through 12. Uh, and as you know, K through 12, <laughs> there's a large difference uh, yes. from kindergarten to that senior year uh, as the expectations of the students, the student athletes, the parents, and so on. So uh, it is a huge huge decision. Uh, we'll be making our decision. Uh, the Board of Education will have a recommendation uh, on the 29th of June. And from right. the 29th of June on, we're going to be doing some pretty copious involvement with planning as to how we'll roll out um, the athletics program as well as the non-athletic events that are sponsored by the OSSAA because it affects band and speech and debate just as much exactly. as it uh, affects football and and softball and everything else. So uh, we, we've been meeting with those folks uh, as well because any kid that's involved in extracurricular, uh, it's going to be a little bit different this year right. than, oh, than sure. the other year. Right. And, and, and to your point, I think that it's such a difficult time because we as leaders are often used to being the decision makers. But this situation calls for us to not make hasty decisions. And so I think to your point, one, one thing that we can give our listeners is while there's no situations that are necessarily um, analogous to this particular situation, there are situations that we've been in that have taught us patience. There, there are situations that we've been in that have taught us to not panic, as you mentioned, and really, right now, that's the best we can hope to do. I think you're right, Jason. And I think the other thing that uh, uh, in some cases, and we've always tried to be collaborative uh, when we make decisions to make sure uh, that it doesn't have a negative effect on a number of people. But I think this has really enhanced collaboration uh, across oh, yeah. the districts because there are so many movable parts. Right. You know, in athletics, uh, and I've told my presidents and my superintendents that I've worked for over the years, we touch every phase of a, a school or university. Mm. Uh, you've got food, nutrition. You've got transportation. Uh, you have physical plant. You have the academic side. 
you know, we're involved with all of those uh, with our student athletes. And, you know, here where we have 3,200 student athletes uh, on a daily basis, uh, that, that reaches out into every phase of, uh, of life in, in mm-hmm. Tulsa. And so yeah. for, us, for us to be able to make a decision uh, that affects um, uh, all of those people, you, you better have everybody lined up, know exactly where everybody stands, and uh, then you can make a decision that uh, will enhance whatever program it is that you want to enhance. Oh, without a doubt. I, I've always told people that one of the reasons I became an athletic director is because you, you get the chance to affect every area of life. And yep. lo and behold, now athletics is on the front lines as far as the world is looking to us for decisions. Uh, how we move forward in this will we'll set the tone for a lot of what other industries do. And I think we have a huge responsibility and we have to take it seriously. I think that's one of the things that I told Dr. Guest, our superintendent, when we talked about rolling out a summer uh, phased program uh, after a hiatus for quite a while, not having any contact with our student athletes, we're training our students on how to go back to school. Exactly. And, you know, we, we haven't had temperature checks. Uh, right. We haven't had to answer 10 questions. Have you had a headache mm-hmm. in the last 14 days? You know, right. but, but by the time our kids have gone through that every day that they've come to the campus, that'll be status quo for them and they can help the regular students, when they come back, understand, yes. yeah, it's an imposition, but it's something we have to do to be safe. Right. And, and not only to go to school, but perhaps to live life. I mean, because we all know walking in offices now or going to stores, uh, as you mentioned, we have um, local and state officials all over the country who are potentially promulgating rules about uh, safety, having masks and gloves and, and making those things a requirement. And so to your point, we're, we're again, we, we, we're very likely preparing these students for life. And so I get, I think that again, even further underscores the point that this is a big deal and people need to be prepared and athletics leaders everywhere need to connect. Uh, like I say, there are pro- there's protection in the collection. And so you need to be talking with other leaders and finding out what they're doing and working together to make sure we're, we're putting forth best practices as best we can. You're exactly right. And I think that's the key. Uh, you know, n- nobody has invented uh, this wheel before. This is, no. brand, this is a brand new wheel. So right. collectively, we've got to put our best thoughts forward uh, every day, and and then we are controlled by things that we have never been controlled for. I, right. I would have never thought the mayor of Tulsa would tell us how many people could come to a game. Right. But that's where we are today, you know, exactly. because of, of social distancing and so on. So, so we have uh, a very unique opportunity here. Um, this will certainly be a chapter in, in the book when I retire. Uh, it may be two chapters. In case. It, I don't know. It might take over the book. It might be the top <laughs> main topic. But I wanted to ask you. So we we've never up until the spring, uh, we've never seen sports canceled before, right? So that that was Correct. just un, unfathomable in, in our psyche. 
But I think now the, the natural predilection for most of us, particularly us optimists, is to say, well, that was the spring. You know, no way the fall's getting canceled. No way uh, they're going to cancel football. And, you know, I, I, it's such a national tradition, our fall sports after a long summer break. And perhaps, as I said in the intro, uh, we have to get used to a new normal. So looking forward, Gil, thinking about the challenges we're facing, not only uh, on the athletic side, but on the school side, what 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 are some things that that you're um, thinking could could come to bear, come to fruition? Well, we Jason, from day one, uh, I asked our staff uh, to put together plans that involve three phases. One would be business as usual. Fall practice for all sports except football will start July 15. No problem. We would roll that out. We would start scrimmages and everything in August. First games the second week in August for all uh, the sports with the exception of football. Football would start the second Monday in August, and we'd be business as usual. Then we looked at a recession of the start of at least two to four weeks. So in other words, we might not start until uh, the second week in September or the fourth week in September with fall sports. And what, how would that look? What would our practice re regiment be? Uh, when would we start school? All of those things went in. And then finally, the third one was, what if we didn't start athletics until January? Right. Uh, because I think those things are really real out there for mm -hmm. us right now. Uh, this morning's paper, I read that in uh, Tulsa County, uh, for the last 14 days, we're up 800%. Right. number of positive cases that is astronomical now we're testing right. we're testing more people than we were before and so I, I would like to know a percentage and not a, a gross number right I still think that we have to plan for, for the worst and hope for the best uh, and so that's why we've gone through the, the process of, of having three different plans so that when I've been, I've praised our side ADs of these plans. These are things they need to prepare for. Uh, yes. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, as we said, stated, said it earlier, you can't, I don't think it can be too redundant. It's a day by day process. Yes. Uh, and whatever happens today will affect what happens tomorrow. And, uh, and the thing that, one of the things that does concern me, uh, is the lack of attention with, um, they say organized youth sports, I would right. say unorganized youth sports at this point. All right. <laughs> you know, I've got an eight-year-old granddaughter, and uh, we've been to two softball tournaments uh, the uh, previous two weekends where there's been over 2,000 people in a location mm -hmm. at all yeah. different fields. I saw not one well, – I saw one mask. All right. It was on an official, and I know why he had the mask on, because if I was that bad, I would put a mask on myself. But, <laughs> but that was the only mask I saw in the park. And I see people on top of each other. And right. we, we've gotten a little complacent about things of that nature. I know we want to get back to normal, but if we do too much of that, then we're going to affect how, how our kids go to school. And right. that, that, to me, you know, that's why I got in this business uh, 51 years ago. You know, is to try to help kids matriculate on and, and be successful in life. 
And right. uh, if we alter that because we're in a hurry to get going, we're doing a disservice to our patrons and our students. Yeah. What I, my prognostication is that uh, this thing, uh, unless, like to your point earlier, unless a governor or a, a city official steps in and promulgates hard and fast rules, I really think this thing is going to be dictated based on what youth sports do and what professional sports do. Because when you look at the us in the middle, the high schools and the colleges, we're, we're very highly regulated. Uh, we have lots of bureaucracy and governing bodies uh, that, that will put together different rules for us to live by. But there's no rules in, in the worlds of youth sports and professional sports. No. And so if, and that's a good thing and a bad thing. Like you said, if it's a lot of the youth sports are unregulated. And so it's harder for uh, any anyone to set rules that all will abide by. And then for the professional sports, they have enough money to to go out and make a lot of different things happen to, to be able to do the mass testing and so on and so forth. So if they can do it, perhaps it gives us all hope. But I really think those two levels are going to be key as far as what the, the remainder of us will be allowed to do. You're exactly right. I don't think there's any question that the, the, pro, the pros have enough money uh, through their TV contracts, sponsorships, and that type of thing. They're not, well, the NFL's not concerned whether they have attendance or not. Right. Because the TV contract pays, it, pays the way. Uh, right. I think it will hurt professional sports like baseball. Right. And I read a deal the other day that really kind of surprised me about the NBA that 61% of the revenue for the NBA comes from uh, gate receipts. Right. And that really surprised me because of the inordinate number of dollars that go into the NFL, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with TV and, and sponsorships. So, uh, and, and well, let's stop and think about minor league baseball. Minor league baseball got wiped out this year. Right. All over the country, uh, you know, not one minor. I was talking to a minor league hitting instructor last week, and uh, he's out of work. You know, right. he, he works for the Detroit uh, Tigers, and uh, they've been on Zoom calls every day, you know, for the last two months. And the last one he was on was, they said, well, we're not going to play this summer, so you're finished. So uh, it, it affects so wow. many different uh, levels of, of athletics and uh, because it is, uh, I think, a staple in this country uh, All right. for people to participate, for people to go to contests uh, uh, and root and search teams that they want to uh, support. And uh, it was good that we've gotten back to what level it is. I mean, you know, we've got the PGA now playing uh, on the weekends with no fans, but that it's good that we'll be able to watch a golf match. Uh, the NBA looks like they've got something worked out, Major League Baseball, 60 game schedule um that'll be good for the country but we've got to maintain where we are right. from a health standpoint or it won't be good for any of us yeah and, and it, it's about getting there you know both of those with mlb and the nba in, in the nfl as well um their 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 plans go into effect you know 90 days from now 60 days from now and mm -hmm. so it, it, there's a lot that can happen in that time. So just fingers crossed that that there is a continued uh, positive reaction. And that's one of the things I want to ask you about. How 
how obviously we're all looking for a vaccine, but what's the likelihood that more people become uh, more comfortable with with the the likelihood that that they or their children could be infected and, and just saying, hey, it, it, it's a new day and perhaps that's going to happen but we've got to live our lives. What's the likelihood that people become more comfortable with this overall? Well, I don't know if we'll ever be comfortable with our kids being sick, you know, or with our spouses being sick. However, uh, be, as you stated, it, it, it becomes commonplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we set a new set of regimen that we must go through uh, mm-hmm. to, to get them well. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the great, the, the one great thing with the kids that we deal with, Jason, uh, I saw uh, over the weekend, last weekend, I think, uh, there's only been one documented case of a death of anybody under 18 years old from the coronavirus. And so that means that, it, you know, the susceptible group, uh, that's where the majority of those are. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not acceptable to say because you're over 65, you're probably going to die. Well, you probably are. We all are mm-hmm. at some point <laughs> in time, but right. not from the virus. Uh, exactly. And, and I don't know if we'll ever get uh, used to that, but I think the uh, new normal, what I've told our staff is I said, you know, there, and a new normal is a cliche that everybody uses, but here's the deal. What was the new normal after 9-11 for travel? Right. Travel changed. Yes, we didn't have to go through metal detectors and be searched and put our bags up and people go through. But now it's commonplace. That's what we do now. Right. This is what we're going to do. And and the sooner we get used to the day to day regiment of social distancing and uh, contact tracing and all of those things that we have to do, uh, then it becomes uh, business as usual. Right now, exactly. it's, it's, it's out of the ordinary. And right. the people who are not adaptable to change, it's going to be really difficult for a while. Right. Well, so much of what we do on the athletic side of things involves preparation. I mean, we've got to prepare uh, to play uh, not only schedules and, and officials and, and whatnot, gate workers, if you're going to have fans, but also preparing students bodies and so if you guys are in your plan looking at starting the the third phase which looks or the third option rather that looks at starting in uh the spring what what how does how do you phase in your workouts does that look like fall sports starting in the spring winter sport how what does that look like in detail well i think that will be uh dictated by the ossaa as to what programs uh, would be available uh, because of multi-sport athletes uh, participation, those kind of things. It could be difficult, uh, you know, to postpone sports seasons. Uh, I would hate to see the fall season go away, uh, but I could see a modified fall season. Uh, right. You know, where there would be uh, the Division Two and uh, the NCAA has already taken that step, where they've reduced, right. uh, I think, uh, two basketball games, one football game. Uh, a number they've gone for, in, in baseball and softball from 56, I think, to 44. Uh, mm-hmm. So that they, so they've reduced the number of contact points. That's one of the things that we may still be faced with as we get into the fall. 
um, and the uh, middle or end of September plan that we have in, in plan two here could be the status quo that we would not play, for instance, any non-district football games and just play the seven district football games to be able yes. to get the season in. And if, and, and if it makes us more careful as we move into the fall and we postpone those, uh, those seasons by three to four weeks, so be it. Uh, at, right. least, at least the student athlete got to perform uh, unlike right. the spring where they didn't, or, you know, we had six teams in the state basketball championships. Right. Uh, it was devastating, uh, you know, really for our coaches and our kids, because yeah. I think we had three chances, three really good chances to win them uh, right. out of the six. And who knows uh, what happens, but uh, for those kids not to be able to do that. So what we did for our student athletes we bought uh, shirts, the state championship sh shirts uh, that were oh, wow. on sale for every one of them. We bought a game program for every one of them. And, of course, then the OSSA sent medals uh, as a state championship qualifier uh, uh, for each kid. And each school had a ceremony, uh, obviously, with just the student athlete and the AD and the coach where they pass those out to the student athletes. Now in our right. office, we have one framed because this will be the first time we never had a state championship. Right. So right. It's, it's going to be a piece of memorabilia. So, uh, you know, to, to, to look at what ha might, may happen in the fall, I think we have to be prepared uh, for a reduction in games. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think that that's one thing that maybe is almost a surety is a truncated season, whether it's based on a guard against traveling and we're, we're canceling all of our out-of-state games or out-of-district games because um, districts want schools to stay local, or mm -hmm. whether that's due to mid-season outbreaks and a certain school uh, has, a, has a heightened number of cases and can't play that week or can't play for two weeks. And so I think that that would be very prudent uh, to to truncate seasons because perhaps that's the only way that you can have any equity. Uh, these long drawn out seasons just uh, increase the chances that one team has nine games, one team has seven, one team plays five, and it's like, well, what do we do from here? How do we how do we uh, you know, design a championship series or how do we complete the season as, as the NBA is looking to do now. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're definitely going to have a high probability of these truncated seasons. I think we need to be prepared for it. Uh, if, yeah. if we're not, if we don't, pre and be prepared for it, Jason, the, the more important thing, we need to prepare our coaches and our athletic directors so they can compare their student athletes and their parents that this is a reality that could occur. All right. If we come up one day here, the, the first of September and say, okay, now we're not going to play the first three games. Uh, that's not going to go over very well, but if right. we prepare everybody that this is certainly a possibility, then the, the shock and the blow is not quite as bad uh, as we move into it because we're doing it for the right reason. We're doing it for right. healthy and safe for our kids. Well, I love what you said earlier about the rings and how you guys kind of pivoted from this, from the whole initial um, social distancing and quarantining and, and still mm -hmm. were able to 
uh, engage student athletes. At the end of the day, Gil, that's what we all are here for, uh, to engage and educate students, uh, namely through sport. And so what are some things that you guys are doing? You mentioned the preparation phase. If it looks like we have to go into another quarantine or even a particular district um, or, like you said, a truncated season, what are some things you guys are putting in place or even some things you guys found helpful during the last quarantine to still stay engaged with students? Well, of course, I think uh, I wish I had bought stock in Zoom (laughs) because everybody has Zoomed. Uh, we had we, we taught the physical education uh, through Zoom this this past uh, uh, spring semester, uh, and the teachers uh, would get on there. I, my coordinator Jen Sanders uh, would give them the uh, uh, weekly lesson plan, and then they would disseminate that out. All of our teams met uh, through Zoom and had team mm-hmm. meetings, and actually even talked about offensive, defensive strategies in, in football and basketball. Uh, and there are some sports that you, it couldn't be adaptable to. I mean, golf, you've got to go play golf. Mm. Uh, tennis is the same way. But to look at those kids with uh, exercises and things they could do to maintain a level of fitness so that when we did get to go back outside and do those things, I think that was the, the biggest thing is stay in touch. Uh, we emphasize that a great deal. When when this thing first started, of course, you know, we left the office on March 16th and we have sporadically been back to the office, but we have not been on a daily routine. Well, we've had coaches that have not been back in school since the 13th of March. Right. And yet we were able to contact the student athletes, stay in touch with them and make sure that there was a contact point. In my office for the first month, uh, we met every day at nine o'clock on Zoom, right? Because every day something was changing, and exactly. we needed to communicate. That's the next thing. Communication is is critical because miscommunication can tear an organization apart. Exactly. And, uh, I always our goal is to always be straightforward. You may not like what I have to tell you, but at least you know what it is. Exactly. And you can plan from that point on. And so that communication was a, was a critical phase. And using the Zoom, and uh, we had a periodic coaches meeting. I've had three meetings with our football coaches. Football is one of the sports that, that I supervise. Uh, just to make sure uh, that they knew uh, where the district was headed or could be headed about going back to school and so on and so forth. I've got a, a Zoom meeting on Monday with our side ADs. Uh, to prepare them what the uh, three options that the board is going to consider Monday night uh, so mm. that they have a, they have a feeling uh, that they can make some plans for their school. And I tell you that the, the, the other thing that is uh, so uh, flexible in this particular uh, case is that with nine high schools, uh, Jason, I may have two that are quarantined or closed down and have seven exactly. that are planned. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, so so you have to make plans for all of those kinds of things, and right. uh, it's a it certainly will be interesting in my fifty first year. I can tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, we got to stay on our toes. I think one of the things the the initial quarantine taught us was, like you said, communication is key, and 
and being prepared is key. I mean, obviously, none of us could have ever foreseen that situation happening. But now that we've been through it, I know one of the things we're looking at doing is creating uh, some type of module uh, where we assign coaches to particular elements of the the student engagement. Obviously, there's the contact which I felt like we did a pretty good job at through the Zoom, as you mentioned, but also having uh, a a design module that we're able to give to each student daily uh, that includes, uh, you know, a a piece of motivation. Maybe it's a YouTube clip or video clip that includes uh, a strength and conditioning workout, uh, includes skill-specific workouts, uh, may include some, some entertainment suggestions such as a a good sports movie or a good motivational movie uh but just really looking to deep dive into that engagement piece because as you as you said uh, (laughs) we don't know what's going on we don't we never know and we've got to stay flexible i remember uh when our superintendent called us in on march 13th I, i told i wrote down on my notepad we may be out for as long as two weeks (laughs) <laughs> and we, we blew that out of the water. And so I really think being prepared as much as possible um, is going to help us going forward. That's, that's the key. And, and like I say, communication is everything. Uh, I, I tell our staff all the time, I said, you know, 99% of the time when my phone rings, it's not somebody tell me I'm doing a great job. <laughs> uh well, hey, I want to end up on with some rapid fire questions that okay. just really get into uh, you as a leader, how you are staying engaged and athletic. What are some of the best books you've recently read? Well, the book I just finished was uh, literally, I've, I've been a Yankee fan. My, my dad grew up with Mickey Mantle's dad up in wow. Strang, Oklahoma, played uh, town team baseball. I just read uh, Mickey's book. Uh, about all the the 14 World Series that they played in during his wow. career. And uh, some of the stories, uh, the clubhouse stories, the humor uh, and everything uh, brought back a lot of memories uh, of growing up and being a Yankee fan, living in Kentucky when I grew up, uh, you know, but, uh, and having known that my dad knew his dad was, uh, was very interesting. So that, that's, that's the latest one that I've read. Very good. What, what is your go-to or your most engaging workout? Well, I, I play golf, you know, the golf is a, is a great game. It's an individual game. Uh, you're literally out there by yourself. Uh, you have to make every decision, every choice. Uh, and during that time, you really are able to forget about everything else, or at least I am, uh, the, the pending decision that we have to make tomorrow about this or a personnel item. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to get a par. Uh, right. <laughs> and this next shot is the most important shot I've had in the entire round. And uh, the toughest thing I've tried to learn uh, through watching professional golfers and having professional golfers that are friends is the, the adaptability that they have when they have a double bogey and go mm-hmm. to the next hole and they don't even think about that. Right. It's, this is to focus. And I think so focus is the other thing that I've, I've picked up from, uh, from golf. That's awesome. Well, what does your reflection time look like? Well, you know, uh, when, when you stop and think about the day, 
uh, one of the things that I like to do uh, is uh, since we're working from home, uh, I'll take a break in the afternoon and go sit on the back porch mm-hmm. and uh, listen to the to the radio and uh, just kind of think about things that uh, have happened during the day uh, and how I could have done a better job uh, in handling a certain situation or whatever. Uh, but I think that quiet time, I have a place out in the garage called Men's Town. And, uh, uh, it's only for men. <laughs> we have a three-car garage, and I get one of them. And, uh, uh, but I've got a TV set out there, and, uh, you know, I've got a recliner. Uh, and uh, sometimes you just want to go out there and, and uh, be away from everybody because, as you know, we're with uh, people uh, most of the time. My wife uh, gets upset with me sometimes because when the, the, the uh, landline phone rings, I, I really don't answer it. And uh, she, I said, Vicki, I've been on the phone all day long. I, I don't need another call from a telemarketer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, lastly, Gil, what social groups inspire you? Oh, I, you know, I think the engagement of uh, all kinds of uh, social groups, uh, uh, Jason, I think it's so important. Uh, I, I'm really concerned right now uh, about uh, uh, our social justice system. Uh, and with that in mind, uh, I have formed uh, an equity and athletics council uh, awesome. that when we come back uh, and get everybody back in, in the fold, uh, we're going to engage students, uh, faculty members, uh, coaching staff members, uh, maybe two or three patrons, uh, because I want to know what we can do better to serve these right. kids. You know, that, that's always, we have a, a student athlete advisory committee uh, that Jen meets with once a month uh, throughout the nine months of the school year. And it's not to talk about playing time and it's not to talk about it's two students from each school, a boy and a girl from each of the nine schools. We're going to talk about what we can do for you as a student athlete. And Mm -hmm. uh, we think that's really, really important uh, to have those kids to stay engaged. And, and, and socially uh, they pick out one project every year that that particular 18 kids are going to do. Uh, you know, I go to the first one, uh, and the last one each year, uh, and the first one, we have them down in our office and I show them the hall of fame wall and the state championship wall. And I said, you know, you can be on both of these walls, but it's all up to you. We're Mm going to provide the best coaching that we can provide, but the effort has to come from you. And you Mm -hmm. can be in this room one day on this wall. If you do that. Uh, those kids go back and tell other kids and in in their social groups, uh, I think they know that we really care about them Mm -hmm. as student athletes as they come through our program. Well, that's awesome, Gil. And as always, this has been great to connect with you and get a chance to pick your brain. I want to encourage all our leaders out there to continue fighting a good fight and to go out and be their best. Thank you, Jason. I really appreciate the opportunity, and uh, let's uh, let's take care of our kids, and let's get through this uh, as a group, and have athletics be a leader. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Mm. Hey, 
Hey guys, if you'd like to connect with me to answer any questions or if I can help you in any way, shoot me a line at jlpengages at gmail.com. As always, rating the podcast helps others find us easier, so we appreciate if you can do that as well. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Now go out and be your best.